You're listening to the Karen 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Karen University in just 10 minutes. Today, we have a very special guest visiting campus, Dr. Michael Perry. He is a 1982 alumnus, as well as some of his family members being alumni, and their family has an amazing story, which I hope to give you the chance to hear in the course of the podcast here. So let's get right to it, Mike. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you for the invitation. The first thing I need to say is that you arrived this morning wearing a cowboy's scarf, and I want to have you explain that. Well, in North Carolina, (laughs) you had the choice. Now, this was before the Carolina Panthers had the choice. Dallas Cowboys or Washington Redskins? Cowboys look better to little boys. So I've been a Cowboys fan all my life. It was a very clear statement, though, you walking in by the chapel with that. Oh, yes. That's great, great. Well, I became acquainted with you sort of indirectly through Dr. Marty McCullough, a former professor of both yours and mine in the School of Education. And uh, it was great to connect with you, and that was uh, partly on her suggestion, saying that you were one of the brightest students she had, (coughs) and you had a really great story, and so I'm really happy to be able to bring you in here. And so I think, why don't you share that story with us and any alumni who may be listening to this? Okay, sure. Well, first of all, I'm the third child of seven. My mother has seven children. My father left during what was called the Black, the Great Black Migration. He went up north to New York to get a job, and my, my mother was supposed to go with him. At some point, she decided she didn't want to go north. She wanted to stay home. So in essence, she ended up raising the seven of us all by herself. But it just so happened with him not being there, we had to go live with my grandfather, who was a sharecropper. And working that hard on the farm, it didn't take us very long to realize that that is not <laughs> what I wanted to do the rest of my life. And my mother always told us that the only way out was to get a great education. So the seven of us, we applied ourselves, we worked hard. I graduated from high school, third in my class. However, being a first-generation student, when I graduated, I didn't know how to go to college, and there was no one telling me how to go to college. But thankfully, there was a preacher who had gone to Washington Bible College, and he told me, he said, oh, there's a little place called Philadelphia College of Bible. He says, not as good as Washington Bible, but <laughs> why don't you go there? So about five of us, about five minority students from North Carolina in 1974, so we covenant among ourselves. We said, let's go together. So sign and sing, we left North Carolina. We came to Philadelphia. We were the last class on the old campus. Absolutely loved it. Had a great time, learned a lot. And so when I went home that, that November, I believe it was, I started talking to my brother and my sisters. And sure enough, I convinced some of them to come up because I just didn't want to be up here by myself. And four years later, I graduated, and God pretty much used everything that I did while I was here to, you know, I've, I've been able to use it since that time. That's great. You met your wife here as well? Oh, yes, I did. Mm-hmm. I was out of school approximately three years, and some friends called me and said, Mike, you need to come back to PCB. we got someone we want you to meet. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you uh, talk is we're really excited about bringing alumni in and having them share what they've done professionally. So can you talk about your professional journey since you graduated? Sure. From here, first I started working in a Christian school. I worked up here for a couple of years while I was going to school. I continued to go to school. 
eventually I got a, I got a, my public school certification here, but I then went to East Carolina where I got my master's, East Carolina University master's and doctorate there. I've worked as a public school teacher. Uh, I've worked as a public school principal, uh, and I've also served, God has blessed me, be able to serve as a superintendent uh, in North Carolina as well as now in Virginia. As I said, my first job, actually, I wasn't working in a Christian school. I partnered with some people in Bristol, Pennsylvania, a couple of bankers and some retired educators and a pastor. And we actually started a Christian school in Bristol, Pennsylvania. That was my first foray into what I really wanted to do, which was combining ministry and education. Mm-hmm. And I left after about two or three years, but we started school, incredible students. But I got married, and they didn't quite pay enough at that time to support the family. So Mm -hmm. uh, at that point, I had to venture out into a couple other places. And so I continued school. My wife really supported me, and uh, eventually we had a child. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I had promised the Lord was that whenever whenever we started having children, we were going to go back home. Mm-hmm. And home was North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So after about three or four years, we had our first child, and so we went back home. We went to North Carolina. And from there, I worked in, you know, I taught in the public school. And I'm emphasizing public school because um, that's a mission field right for God's people to go and be able to give people who need hope hope. So I've been able to really, really, God has used me in the public education sector. Mm-hmm both as a teacher, principal. You know, I worked at the State Department in North Carolina for a while before I actually went on and became a superintendent. And, and everything that I've ever done, I don't make speeches without integrating God's Word in it because God's Word is timeless. And the same values that were good a thousand, a couple thousand years ago, they're good today. So uh, people who know my community who knows they know where I stand. They know they know what they expect from me. And believe it or not, yeah, Coach McCullough. Coach McCullough, Coach Beach, they had a lot to do with that. They they're the ones who made it very clear that, you know, as a Christian, we, we don't have to just be a pastoral kid and only study his Bible, but you know, you can do other things and still keep your passions and serve people. And so I do thank Coach Martin for that in particular. Coach Beach, they, they were just wonderful, wonderful mentors to me. For a Christian in the public education setting, you know, there's a lot of chatter out there about the role of Christians and what they can and they can't do. Uh, what's your take on that, having been in public education for many years now? What can a Christian bring to public education? And um, maybe for a Christian who's interested in becoming a teacher in that system, what do you think he or she may, may be facing? What I would say to a Christian is this. You've got to be true to your God. If you're true to your God, just like with Daniel, you're going to find out that God opens doors and makes a way. It's when you actually, when people, when you start playing games and you're not true to your faith, that's when people really don't listen to you. You lose, you lose credibility. Um, we, just, we just lost a child, I believe it was last week. We had a middle school student to die. Um, when she was three years old, she had had heart surgery, and her life, she had been fragile all her life. 
Um, she died and we went to the home. I prayed with the family. We talked with the family. I helped make sure um, they were very poor. I, talked, I got in contact with some pastors who helped um, just kind of mitigate their situation, you know, because of the lack of funds, set up a GoFundMe account. Uh, I could not, I did not personally uh, witness to her because of my capacity, I couldn't. But that did not keep me from getting people who I knew to actually share the gospel with her, and in fact, the entire family. All you have to do is be true to your faith. There are ways of making a difference in families, and families are looking for help. We're the help that they're looking for. Hmm. So uh, the limits aren't what they appear in the public, in the news. Uh, I would say to any Christian, just stand firm on your beliefs, and doors will open. They'll get a chance to share. Uh, so I just strongly believe that God needs Christians in the public sector, in particular in public schools. And I could give you countless stories like that mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Groups that I go talk to, more than anything, when I, when I walk out, they know that that's a man of faith. And that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Do I get flagged sometimes? Mm-hmm. Probably, but, you know, who doesn't? Right. Who doesn't? You just got to be true to your faith. Thank you, Mike, for being here at Cairn today, and thank you, alumni, for listening, and I encourage you to visit cairn.edu slash media slash podcasts for a link to past podcasts, as well as other media content, and be sure to comment on those and let us know what you think of the podcast, our guests, and our content, and thanks for listening.